Welcome to episode 5 of the Total Bro Sports Podcast. This episode of the Total Bro Sports Podcast is brought to you by Eagles fans. Dissatisfied and calling for change since 1933. Welcome to episode 5 of the Total Bro Sports Podcast. Um... One of our members, Kai, suggested that we actually introduce ourselves because we need to hear the, the people behind the hot takes. So I'll start. My name is Alex. I'm the co-founder and president of this site, and I am a third year at the University of Virginia. All right. I guess I'll, I'll go next. Uh, my name is Kai. I'm a writer for Total Bro Sports, and I'm the one that suggested the introductions. Yes. My name's Jack. I, I am a writer for Total Bro Sports, and I love watching football. I'm Ben. I'm a writer for Total Bro Sports. I'm a sophomore at the University of South Carolina, and I am a Jets fan, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So with um... – the introductions out of the way. Now we can get to actually what we're talking about today. Um, so why don't we start with what's happened in the NBA? We had Russell Westbrook being shipped out of Houston, and now he's headed for Washington. And then John Wall is now going to the Rockets. I'm along, along with a pick. Yeah, yeah, along with a pick. I personally believe the um, Wizards won the trade because – um, Russell Westbrook was really unhappy in Houston, and John Wall was dealing with a horrific contract. He wasn't playing well. He had Achilles problems. Russell Westbrook, he's a workhorse, and him and Bradley Beal will get along, and he'll be really good and fit in the offense. And yeah. Wall is just – he's very ball-dominant, and he had, and he looks like he's past his prime. And, he's not, and James Harden wants out, so we can't rely on him. Yeah, I um, I don't know. It was. I think. I think. I think it's an interesting move. Um, Russell Westbrook. He did say, you know, when he was on Houston, he said he. Yeah, like you said, he was unhappy, but he said he wanted to be the main focus of the offense. So now with the Wizards, I mean, they have Bradley Beal, but he'll be the main focus of that offense, and you know, just he can play his style of play instead of like last year, James Harden kind of stole his style of play. Yeah, that's why yeah. I was confused why Russell Westbrook originally went to the Rockets because those are two ball-dominant guys. Just because they're both superstars doesn't necessarily mean that that dynamic is going to work. And as we saw, it didn't. Yeah, yeah. both, both teams here needed to um, part ways with their respective players in this case. And I, I think both teams really at least slightly won in the end. We'll, we'll just have to see how it pans out next season. Oh, so yeah. true. No, I'm interested to see whether Wall can recover from the Achilles and get back to the player that he was. Of course, yeah. he's going to lose that athleticism, but I think he still will be a good player. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't played a full season since the 2016-17 season. So it's like, I don't know, it's just it's so hard because he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But he has shown his he, that he's, when he's healthy, he's one of the fastest, most athletic point guards in the league. And do you guys have any comment on the James Harden trade rumors? I think it's the right move. He wants out. He turned down a $100 million contract. And 
I think he, he's going to the 76ers, and I think he'll fit well with Joel L. Embiid. Oh, why? Because when people are creeping up on him, he's going to shoot it, Embiid's going to get the rebound, and he's going to dunk it. And Embiid will help him when he's not playing defense. Seems like sound analysis. What about you, Kai? Yeah, yeah. I think I can't remember if I don't think I don't think the rocket the Rockets' play style really emphasized um, big men in the during the James Harden era. I think that if if that were to happen, that would probably um, be a big help. Yeah, the Rockets played that small ball lineup late. Their tallest player was like six seven. It was really weird. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think with Harden, like, yeah, it makes sense why he wants out. And, um, yeah, it looks like Houston should try to rebuild now, like if they get rid of Harden. But, yeah, I mean, the Sixers or the Nets are the two main landing spots, I would say, for him. But I don't know. I just don't know if the Nets would work either. Like, I, I think the Sixers is more realistic than the Nets because the Nets already have a bunch of really, you know, huge contract with players and once they have to you know pay their contracts and stuff every year it's just more and more money now that like Kyrie and Kevin Durant they're all playing I don't understand that one either I feel like that's going to be another Houston Rockets failed experiment because Kevin Durant is also a ball dominant guy and so is Kyrie I yeah just, it's not gonna work yeah different though because like Kyrie's more of a passer and like you know he if he's the one handling the ball most of the time instead of James Harden, like, I don't know, I feel like he'll be able to spread the ball around more. But, yeah, I do think, you know, I mean, it'll be it, it'll be similar, I would say, probably, to what, what they had. But, I mean, everyone talks about what could have been in OKC if, you know, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, Kevin Durant all stayed together. Yeah. So, they make it similar, just without Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Hey, speaking of speaking of contracts in the Nets, remember you guys remember the Billy King era from I don't know seven years ago? Yeah, when they traded like old guys. Yeah, they traded for Paul Pierce, uh, Kevin Garnett, and uh, Jason Terry, I believe. Yeah, I think if the if James Harden went to the Nets, they would they they would possibly get themselves in that type of situation again, and that would that would probably be. Be very painful for Nets fans. Yeah. I think everyone is trying to replicate a Warriors super team, and they're all just failing. Yeah, you can't build a super team. Yeah, you got to – You got to – Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, guy. Uh, Yeah, yeah. if you want to build, like, a super team like that, you don't don't constantly chase names. You got to create your own. Yes, create some of your own. All right, sounds like um, we're ripe for a transition to football. A lot of football. Yes, football. A lot of crazy. We're ready for football. The NFL um, this past week. So why don't we talk about the craziest thing I've seen in 2020? The football team, the four and seven football team, beating the eleven and zero Pittsburgh Steelers. Jack, why don't uh, we yes. start out with you? Monday evening football. Well, what I believe is what they did—they basically sneaked it out. Um, the Steelers did have drops and stuff, but they just played better. They moved it down the field more, and 
They didn't do any like risky plays, which Alex Smith is great for. Yeah, like despite the um, huge record difference, I don't think this was that much of a surprise in my opinion because, you know, the Steelers, they haven't really had the greatest competition. I mean, they played the Titans and beat them, but other than that, they had, I think, other NFC East teams and, you know, like the very injured Ravens and uh, the Bungles. So they they haven't really had the, the toughest schedule and also, some of these games they, they barely squeaked out of. So, it's not really that surprising that, uh, that a team with no name would be able to come in and beat them on their own soil. Yeah. I think the thing is, is that rest played a huge role in this victory for Washington. It did. They had but 10 games rest, and the Steelers only had four. And the Steelers can thank the Ravens for that predicament. Yeah. But the NFL, you can't make excuses. Oh, you can't. Yeah, this you're right. This is the NFL. You can't make excuses. Eric Ebron substituted his hands for butter last night. Oh, yeah, like pretty much the entire Steeler offense didn't know how to catch a pass. Yeah, yeah. Juju was dropping. Yeah, they had dropped something like seven, seven drops last night. Yeah, they were dropping passes left and right. And I, th- I think this for the Steelers. This might be a a little worrisome for the rest of the season because they they got the uh, they got the Bills, Colts, and Browns, and uh, along with the Bengals. But that's probably a guaranteed win. <laughs> but uh, they they might lose those last three, and if they do, then they might actually lose the AFC North to the Cleveland Browns. You know, I mean, to be honest, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that they lost. Because, like, this this is something that, like, I mean, some other teams, you know, you could say it, it could help or it, it might not. But, like, back in 2016 with the Cubs, in 2016, like, they, there was a stretch where they fell off and they were playing really badly, and it exposed all their weaknesses. So they had time then to fix that before the play – for the um, playoffs, and then they played well. And that is that has been the case with some other teams. But, like, the teams that go undefeated and all that, like, they don't really get their, like, weaknesses exposed. So then if a team takes advantage, then they don't know how to really, you know, defend against that. I think that's a great point because you look at the last undefeated team that was in the Super Bowl and they got exposed. Or I don't yeah, think it was, it was clobbering, but the Giants still beat this undefeated Patriots team. Yeah. Well, it was like a squeaker. They didn't beat them by a lot. Yeah, but still. Yeah. And then with the Steelers. Now, yeah, I, now, I agree. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that they lost. But also, like, I don't think it's likely that they're going to lose like that again because they're going to have more rest. Yeah. Yeah, now we know the Steelers' weakness. It's a lack of rest. <laughs> yeah, I think it but is. Well, remember, no excuses. Yeah. No, but also they lost Bud Dupree. Like that guy. Well, that was a blow. But yeah, that was a huge blow. That guy was all over the field. Alex Smith pulled the crazy thing at halftime too. Or right. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah that yes, was. So I was cool. actually going to bring that up. Do you guys think he that was intentional? Oh yeah, yeah definitely. I was just worried that it was going to be a delay of game and a ten second runoff. He did. It was to stop the oh, clock. Yeah. I don't know because that is – no, Jack, you're right. Because if he, they if they found out he did that, 
I think it would be a tense a delay of game and ten second runoff. Yeah. They just said it was like administrative issues, but I mean, I don't know. I, I think you know, there's some loopholes that people are able to use sometimes. Mike Rabel. Mike Vrabel. Belichick did it against the Jets last year with like he purposely like had people go, do a false start late in the game. So, and then the clock just kept running and the play clock reset. So he just kept killing clock. Gotta love those yeah. 2000 IQ moments from Alex Smith. Yeah, it was such a high yeah. IQ. I was actually concerned yeah. for his health too because he got spiked in one yeah, leg. He got stacked right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Over his oh, yeah. Leg. And, um, yeah. The other leg. That, wasn't, that wasn't his injury leg. So. I know that. And that I'm glad the announcers pointed that out. It was not his injury leg. But I guess that speaks to the toughness. Of Alex Smith. Yeah, I'm surprised he even came back. I thought I was going to call it a career. Yeah. I'm st- it's, it's still remarkable that he's back from that in the first place. Well, are you already one comeback player of the year? Oh, yeah. Hunt. yeah, yeah he, even by stepping on the field. Yeah, imagine, yeah, if, uh, just imagine if he led the team. team in the playoffs. That would be the ultimate conclusion to the redemption arc. See, I Smith. think that that is what has to happen now. Yeah, he already won Comeback Player of the Year. I think for the for the listeners who have not checked it out, you should definitely check out the E60 documentary on Smith's recovery. It is Project weird. Eleven. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, it was Project Eleven. I saw yeah, it on Project YouTube. Eleven. Thank you. So check out Project Eleven. Great I should do that. Really good. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, so we kind of covered the football team. Next bit of drama, because the NFL is both strategy, grit, and drama. Jalen Hurts is now number one on the depth chart in Philadelphia. So, Ben, let's hear your take. What do you think? Well, well, I mean, I think it was the right move. I think it's about time. I mean, Wentz is just – I mean, I just feel like as the season's progressed, he has just gotten worse and worse. And I think I think it was a good move, definitely, to bring Jalen Hurts up. Um, I think that I mean he's only had 33 snaps all season, so it's not like he's had this huge workload. And it does seem to be like you know people they seem to show Jalen Hurts more than anyone else. So I feel like it seems like he's done more this season. So he is still like a rookie coming in. So I'm not expecting him to just like blow up, but I think he'll do better than Wentz has done in at least the recent games. Why would you expect that? Because they still have the same offensive line. Yeah, pathetic. Because, I mean, I don't know. With Wentz, it's just – he's just, like, it's – he's just not very mobile. And, like, I don't know, with Jalen Hurts, he can definitely get outside of the pocket, make plays outside the pocket. Wentz really just collapses in the pocket. doesn't make – he just makes a lot of bonehead mistakes, too. And just, like, you know, he'll try to force the ball up, not throw it away, or just take sacks. And, I mean, I just think Jalen Hurts just have that spark and have – the able the ability to run too, I think will. Yeah, so is Wentz. He's fast too. He runs. Yeah. The problem but... is, it's the O line. They giving up too many sacks, and I think the problem, and somewhat went went as yeah, far they... as he takes too many sacks. I think to to Ben's point, what Jalen Hurts is definitely more explosive. To my, yeah, he's more explosive. He, had, he didn't. I don't think he's had the ACL injury that Wentz has, which is limited Wentz's mobility. Knock on wood. Yeah, and I'm going to knock on wood so everyone can hear. 
And I don't think Hertz is going to come in and just throw a bunch of picks and fumble all the time. Like, Wentz has been leading the league in picks and fumbles. And I know, so, like, the offensive line is – the problem is with Wentz, I saw him in the, um, the game against Green Bay, is he forces the ball a lot. Yeah. He does, like, he just yeah. – not a very smart player. Like, he yeah, doesn't, he doesn't have, make – he forces the ball. He throws a lot of picks. I know, but at the same time, this is such a departure from last year where he led them to the playoffs. Like, Wentz has normally been a good quarterback. It just seems like he's having an awful year. Well, he has an O-line that – keeps giving up sacks. He he doesn't have much time to throw usually. He only has like less than three seconds. It is a very – like the online has gotten – it's very depleted. Like it's really hurt. And Lane Johnson just got hurt. I mean, it's just – done for the year. And terrible. For like, I mean, Eagles have not had good luck with the injuries either. And like especially with the O-line. Like they – they were – they used to have such a good O-line. Like the Super Bowl season was so good, but – I mean, and just a lot of injuries this season. Yeah, that's why. Do you guys I'm think uh, that? Go ahead, Kai. No. Uh, do you think? Do you guys think Carson Wentz can uh, possibly recover from the from uh, a season like this? Yes, definitely. I think with the addition of some better offensive linemen, my worry is that I'm not an Eagles fan, so he can go where he wants. But I don't know. Usually, after a quarterback gets benched like that, I don't. That know. That usually means they're moving on. Yeah, I don't know if they're with the same team. Like, doesn't that usually spell the end for a quarterback with a particular team? Yeah. Um, the, the only thing is that in June of 2019, he signed a four-year extension. And so, like, and the, if he's not on the roster in 2021, they lose, like, $60 million. Like they get Yeah, a, it is a dead cap. Yes. They get – like, the contract, it might even be worth it just to keep him on the team. Like – because they're already going to lose. And then in 2022, if they're on the team, they'll lose $24.5 million. He yeah, signed. so they might have to keep him on the team for, like, two years through the financial. So yeah, is it going to be, like, a Nick Bowles situation? Like, he's he's at least a high-quality backup? Yeah, they might have to trade him, possibly. If they if they move on from him, they're definitely trading him. Yeah, I saw – I just saw, like, on Instagram earlier, a jersey swap with him on the Colts. I was trying to think. I was like, well, what other team would be a good fit? And I think – I think Colts would be a good one. I think I think the Lions in a couple of years, if, oh. if Stafford doesn't work, like next year, they might want to get rid of Wentz. Like, especially if Jalen Hurts is working out then. Yeah. But the only thing is that this draft is very quarterback heavy. So – Oh, yeah. A lot of teams like, you know, like the Jets and the Jags and all the teams that really need quarterbacks are going to get quarterbacks early. So – there's not really much for, like, you know, Carson Wentz. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, and speaking of quarterbacks in the draft, I think Trevor Lawrence and uh, I think it was Justin Fields project to go second. They're probably going to be scooped up by the Jets and Jags. Yeah. And they're just just automatically going to be ruined within three years. I don't know. That's just how drafts work. Like the high quality play or the best players go to the worst team. So ideally the worst teams can get better. Yeah. I mean, it works sometimes, but then, but then you have the bad teams that are run so incompetently that they, that they just ruin everything they touch. Nepotism football league. Nepo- get rid of the nepotism. There's not enough new talent coming into the NFL in terms of management. Like, yeah. It's, it's all, all nepotism. People- it's all the the sons and the brothers 
of the like of people already in the league. Like to give you an example, like Bill Belichick. Uh, look, like the Washington offensive coordinator Scott Turner is the son of Norv Turner, who's mm-hmm. actually the former coach, former head coach of the formerly known as Redskins. Ironically, Redskins. Ironically, my school, South Carolina, just hired uh, the son of of another coach. <laughs> <laughs> See, Shane Beamer, the son of Frank Beamer. Like, and look, a- um, who else? Jack, um, Bruce Allen. The shot. Oh yeah, it was the son of George Allen. Yeah, coach. George Allen was good. Bruce Allen was awful. Like, and then <laughs> it's just the nepotism football league. Yeah, stop with and the if nepotism. If you're on a particular coaching tree, i.e., if you're a part of Bill Belichick, you're Andy Reid guaranteed a job everywhere. Andy Reid would be another one. No, he's a good. He actually has a good coaching tree. No, he has a good coaching tree. I don't know. For some are, reason, the are we in the age? Never work out. Are we in the age of? Uh, are in the age of um, football dynasties, coaching dynasties, where it's just families. Yep. Seriously, it's it's families and trees. That that's how the the league works. If if yeah. we can uh, somehow get NFL coaching jobs, I think I think we'd be set for at least four generations. We would seriously, yes. Yeah, I would get my new son in, Brad. Brad would be like the offensive, like a coordinator. Like yeah, you can have the entire family. They're like, I think the football team has like some guy who was coaching a high school football team is their quality control coach oh yeah i know i'm jack del rio's son and i'm on the team is see nepotism it is it's jack del rio's son yes i think his name's luke yeah yeah exactly luke sounds like nepotism to get to get back to the point after this kind of tangent Yes, you have serially mismanaged teams. And that's why they keep squandering talent. I don't know. I think the Jags can come back. They had some success back in 2016. I just wish Minshew was given more of a chance. Like, Move on from Minshew. Apparently, yeah. According to ESPN, Jack, you told me this this morning, he has begged to play on the field. And I would, too. Like, he's he's – Wait, he's not playing. Mike Glennon. Wait, they're starting. They're not starting. The Jags aren't starting Gardner Mitchell. No, no, they're starting Mike Glennon. They've actually had a little bit of a roller coaster at quarterback this year. They had Jake Lutton, like this rookie. And what there. happened to him? I don't know. I mean, they have won or they have lost like eleven in a row. I don't really know. Like they won their first one with Minshew. The first game of the season, but then they've lost 11 straight. Minshew. I really just don't. Minshew mania. I don't know. It's just honestly, it's honestly sad. Gardner Minshew is hilarious. If he were to play well, he would be still a meme in the NFL. It would be funny. Yeah, they should. Let's just hope that Gardner Minshew is traded to a, a real team so he can actually get a chance. Do you think Mitchu has some talent? Possibly. Yeah, I think he, he has potential. I know, but look, the Jaguars already to, are already ready to move on from him. Yeah, I mean, they can get some trade value out of him. Like, he's still a young, talented quarterback that, um, you know, if they really are really trying to, like, rebuild, they can trade him away, try to get some 
draft picks. Speaking of um, game, like multiple game losing streaks, what about the Bears? They're unlucky. That you said that Rams loss is just not good. Yeah, I, that's what uh, I would say because they, they beat blew the, before that they, they beat the Bucks and they beat the Panthers, but then they lost to the Rams twenty four ten, and everything just seems to have unraveled after that. Yeah, I mean it was they were undefeated with Trubisky in the first three games, and then Foles came in and it just really hasn't been the same with Nick Foles. <laughs> it hasn't. I mean, like, he has not been very good. And and the Bears, like, Mitchell Trubisky, like, at the beginning of the year, like, you know, they were getting bailed out because of their good defense. But when they literally have no offense, like, when they're scoring, like, 17 and 13, like, it's really tough to hold teams in that league to less than that. So, I think, yeah, all their all their wins were um, – most of their – yeah, most of their wins were uh, really close. And – uh on the flip side, most of their losses have been actually pretty close too. Like yeah. take the, the most recent game against the Lions, yeah. losing by four. They should have lost the first game against the Lions. DeAndre Swift didn't drop a. They should have. Yeah. I don't know. Are they are are they going with Trubisky next week? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they are. I'm not like positive, but. They did bring him back in, and, I mean, I think it's a smart move. Yeah, might as well see what you have. I, I guess the Bears are, in, are definitely going to move on from him. But they're going to they're gonna play the Jaguars in a few weeks. So they have, they have at least one more win in them. <laughs> yeah, they have at least one more win. I don't yeah, know. I losing feel for six, yeah, losing six straight. That's that's got to be very disappointing. That's a big blow. Yeah, especially for a team that started off at, at the top of their division. They were, you know, what what was their record? I think they were like five and one. Yeah, yep. they were five and one. Like they, were, yeah, they were first in the AFC North. I mean, it's just like and now were, now they'll be lucky if they get a wild card. Yeah. yeah. It is crazy, though, how up and down it's been. Like, you know, you look at, like, they, they beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. And, like, there was time at the beginning of the season where everyone was like, oh, he's too old. He forgot what down it was. He sucks. It's <laughs> like, oh, he's a Super Bowl. And he's a contending team, and now people are skeptical. Yeah. Same was with the Bears. At the beginning of the year, everyone's like, oh, the Bears, you know, there's five and one. They could win the AFC North. Like, they're rolling, just beat Brady. Now it's just completely turned around. Look, the NFL is a long season. And, yeah. Jack, you deserve credit for this. You were never on the Bucks bandwagon. You have been doubting the Bucks from day one. So let the record show that. Yeah. Something just seemed fishy about them. Yeah, I mean, I've – you know, I, because I'm a Jets fan, I've yeah, never Brady. A team with too many, um, like, like stars, it seemed like something was going to break. I, yeah, I don't know. You need, like, your role players. It did seem kind of forced, like the whole. Yeah, everyone was joining the Bucks. Yeah, like like Bruce Arians, like he, yeah, his offense is uh, like the polar opposite of Brady's. So it's just, and now Brady's like starting to call plays, and they're having starting to have some tension, and 
I mean, I don't know. It just seems like they kind of, yeah, just tossed a bunch of good players together and hoped it, hoped it could work. But, yeah, I wasn't one of those people either that was like, oh, the Bucks are going to be so good. I was just the like – Bucks, The Bucks are chasing names. Thank you for listening to the Total Bro Sports Podcast.